Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we bow before you. We thank you this morning for your presence here and for the revelation from your word, who you are and your will for our lives. We pray that this morning you would teach us again from your word, especially use Brother Lauren here to proclaim your word. May you strengthen him, give him wisdom, give him a clear mind, that he'd be able to speak clearly what you would have us hear. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning and greetings to each one of you this morning in Jesus' precious name. It's good to be gathered here with you again this morning and worshiping God together. Um, I had wanted to thank Errol for his topic the other night, but I see he's not here. But I, I was challenged by his topic, and I thought it was a very pertinent subject that he talked about the other night at church Bible study, and he was talking about prophets. And, and when I chose this topic and when I chose some of the verses here, um, that I'm going to share here in a minute, I didn't realize what our Sunday school verse was this morning either, so I guess you'll um, get your dose of verses about false prophets this morning. But, um, you know, today, more than ever, I think, we see people professing to be prophets. Maybe some of them are, are true prophets, maybe some of them are false prophets. But, you know, with our, with our um, digital age today, their message can get out a lot further and a lot faster um, you know some of these prophets have messages that don't co correspond with scripture and they lead us away from the kingdom and this modern way of communication has just made it faster um, so I think Errol's topic was, was very timely in, in talking about prophets we're exposed to more of these teachings more than ever before uh, you know we have access to information and so we need to be connected to Christ more than ever so that we don't stray from the true message of Christ. And so I just wanted to share a few verses with you before we get into the message. Um, in first, or, or Second Timothy, Paul writes to his friend and fellow pastor, Timothy, and warns him about false prophets, people that wanted to turn others away from the truth. Second Timothy 4.3 says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned into fables. And so, in his topic, Errol mentioned that he had heard an interview where um, someone stated that maybe this is... The like that? Okay. In his topic, um, Errol had mentioned that he had seen an interview where someone suggested that maybe it's time for a righteous rebellion and so maybe this is the the path i want to go down with my message this morning that phrase caught my attention and later i read an article um also about the same subject i don't know what the the context was of, of the interview um but i decided to look at god's word and to see um if a righteous rebellion is biblical um and so just some questions for you to think about. What does the term righteous rebellion make you think of? If it, is it ever right for a Christian to rebel? If so, what does it look like? And so just a few questions for you to, to ponder on as, as we go through this today. And so first of all, I'd like to, to establish what is righteousness. 
And righteousness is acting in accord with divine or moral law, free from guilt or sin. And rebellion is obviously opposition. The, the definition that, that Webster's gives is opposition to one in authority or dominance. And so, as I looked at scripture, I didn't find the word rebellion in a good context. Um, rebellion is not, God doesn't look on that too, um, very well. And, but he does tell us to resist things. And so, maybe I'll, I'll be using more, the word more resist this morning. And so we know that um, if we are to have a righteous rebellion or resistance, it needs to be in accordance with the word of God. That is our moral and divine law, and only oppose those things which Scripture calls us to oppose. First of all, um, before I, I go farther, I want to make it clear what a re righteous rebellion is not, a righteous resistance. Um, I don't want to cause confusion to you know, lead someone down a path of, of, of rebelling against something they shouldn't. And so, first of all, is... We need to always honor God. We never rebel or um, resist God. And an example of that is King Saul. God, through the prophet Samuel, commanded King Saul to utterly destroy the Amalekites. And Paul, or Saul went down and he saved the best of the livestock and the best of the spoils and brought them back. And this was reported to the prophet Samuel. And so he showed up and he asked what all these spoils were doing there. And he said, well, I brought them back to offer sacrifices. And Samuel's response was is that rebellion is the sin of, as, as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is like idolatry. God has more delight in obedience than in sacrifices. Um, so just remember to always honor God that um, we do not sin and rebel um, against his commands just to do something else good. Also, um, we need to honor those in authority. Romans 13 lays that out for us. Um, when we resist those that are in authority over us, we actually are resisting God, according to Romans 13. And also, 1 Peter 2, 12-15 tells us that our submission to rulers and governments is to put to silence um, foolish men. Our obedience show to them shows them that God's way is best. And also one for um, you younger ones is to honor your parents, to not rebel and resist your parents. Ephesians um, 6, 1 and 2 tells us that we are to honor our father and our mo mother. And also righteous um, rebellion does not include violence, um, and it is not rebelling or resisting against our fellow men. All right, so let's, I want to turn to a scripture to, to dive into this, and the scripture is Ephesians 6, um, 10 through 13. Ephesians 6, and I'll start reading at verse 10. Says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand, be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, 
but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. So this scripture lays out for us the struggle that we are facing, who we are to resist, who are we, to, we are to rebel against, who we are not to fight against, the tools for the fight, and the strength, where our strength comes from for this um, resisting that we are to do. So the first thing we want to look at is, is what are we to rebel against? What are we to resist against? And that is that we, are, we need to resist the wiles of the devil. And so what are the wiles of the devil? Wiles is tricks or schemes that the devil sends our way. And so i just like for you to think about how does the devil trick you? Um, I, was, I was just pondering how does he trick me? You know that each one of us is unique. There's there's ways that the devil could trick me that some of you would probably laugh at. I think there, there's no way the devil could trick me like that, and that's, that's probably right. But each one of us is unique, so I think it's it's very important that we think about how the devil might trip us up and to be especially on guard in those situations. We need to be aware of our weaknesses and 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 try to build ourselves up through the Word of God. And one trick that I, I'd like to share with you this morning that he uses, um, he used it, one of the first tricks he used on mankind, he still uses it today. And in Genesis 3, we see the tactic that he used on Eve. He said, did, did God really say that you shouldn't eat it? You won't really die. He caused a seed of doubt to be planted in her mind. And so we can start to doubt and not take God's word seriously. You know, did he really mean that I should love my wife as Christ loved the church? You know, that's a pretty tall order to follow. As, you know, as Christ loved the church, he gave his life for it. And um, that's in Ephesians 5.25 where he talks about that. And then in Matthew 5.44, did he really mean that I need to bless and love those who despise me and treat me badly, um, that I should pray for them. Did he really mean that? Um, it can be easy to gloss that over and, and to, to not take that seriously. Another big one is, can God really forgive my past sins? You know, we can start to doubt that God could really get, forgive a sinner like me. I must be too bad of a sinner to forgive and we start to doubt the goodness and the forgiveness of God. Do I need to obey my parents? Do I need to obey my church leaders? Do I need to obey my governments? Even what they are asking doesn't make sense. Um, and, and Scripture lays that out that we, that we should. And so those are just a few ways that the devil can trick us and lead us um, astray. He can deceive us and cause us to doubt the goodness of God and that he has our best interest in mind. Another trick is, is that he comes to us and he appears as an angel of light, and I think that goes along with what we talked about in Sunday school as a false prophet that appears to be a good man of God, but is inwardly a raving wolf. And so we need to always be in the word. We need to be prepared and ready for whatever temptation that comes our way.
verse 18 of, of the same chapter here in Ephesians 6 says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. We are to continually be in prayer. Perseverance gives the idea of, of sticking at it, working hard. It's not something that is, is done and over with quickly. Verse 12 also tells us what we, another thing that we are to, to resist and rebel against. And that says, we are, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, and the spiritual wickedness in high places. And one thing I'd like to note there in, in the beginning of verse 12 is it also tells us we are, what we are not wrestling against. It's not against flesh and blood. It's not against our fellow man, and it's against our in our hearts and minds in, in spiritual wickedness and darkness. And I like the the word that he uses there. He uses the word wrestle. It's not a war. It's not a battle. It's a wrestling match. And with a wrestling match, you know, you you do a match. You have a winner. You both go home, but you come back another day for another match. And you can do it over and over and over again. Um, but you never eliminate your opponent. A soldier will eliminate his opponent and the battle is over and done with. But a wrestling match is, can be you know, over and over again. And that's how it is with our spiritual life. Is we wrestle daily, we wrestle yearly in, in our lifelong um, against the this, this spiritual wickedness. And so we need to... Always be on guard. As, as long as we're on this earth, we have these things to struggle and grapple with. As we think about um, the, the works of darkness, I want to turn back to Ephesians 5 and, and read a few verses there. Here it's contrasting the works of darkness with the works of light. Start reading in verse 1. Be therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not once be named among you as become as saints. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater, hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because these things come the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them, for ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light. In the Lord walk ye as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, proving what is acceptable and unto the Lord. So though we have a contrast between um, the works of darkness and the works of light. And in, in verse, the verse um, 12 there, it says, we are wrestling against those works of darkness. You know, the, wor- the, the works of light are walking in love the way that Christ loved us. And that is in opposition to the works of darkness. 
the way that Christ loved us is that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You know, he didn't wait to love us until we had our lives in order and were good people. He loved us while we were still sinners. We are called to follow that example of Jesus and to do the same. That's what I would like you to consider as righteous rebellion, going against what our natural man wants to do, loving and caring for others even when it's not pretty. You know, that's, that goes against all our natural responses. It goes against the grain of our culture. You know, our culture is one of freedom, independence, and individualism. And, you know, I don't want to be anti, or, you know, at, be anti-American or whatever, but our country was founded on rebellion and independence. And, you know, that can seep into our lives if we aren't careful. Um, I love to live in this country. I, I, I think it's a great place to live, but we need to be careful that we don't mix that with, with the Word of God. You know, God has a reason for this country to be here and exist, and I'm really grateful for that. But we can't mix our earthly kingdom and our heavenly kingdom. We are, you know, at a point in our culture where we have opposing viewpoints villainize each other. You know, we see much anger, we see violence um, across our country over the past year, you know, and this is not the way of Jesus. And as it follows him, we are paddling against the, the uh, current of our culture. And this is, you know, again, what I'm referring to as righteous rebellion. We choose to love and respect our fellow men, regardless of what they may believe or do to us. You know, when we give in to strife, anger, and violence, we are simply giving in to the works of darkness, and Satan is trying to distract us from the wonderful message um, of Christ, and he's trying to stir up ill will for our fellow man. And, you know, as we have spiritual darkness in our heart, how can we shine the light of God to the world around us? We cannot have both light and darkness in our life at the same time. We will have one or the other. I also want to look at um, a few more scriptures. The next one I want to look at is James 4, 1 through 11. It also talks about um, resisting the devil there. I'll start reading at verse 1 and read to verse 11. It says, From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence even of your lusts that war in your members? Ye lust and have not. Ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war, yet ye have not, because ye ask not. Ye ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your lusts. Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Do you think that the scripture saith in vain, the spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy? But he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth to the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted, and mourn, and weep, let your laughter be turned to mourning, and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of God, and he shall lift you up. Speak not evil one of another, brethren. He that speaketh evil of his brother, and judges his brother, speaketh evil of the law, and judges the law. But if ye judge the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. And in this scripture we see um, where all the conflict 
where all the wars, the fightings come from. They come from the evil and lusts in our heart. We allow the envy, selfishness, and pride to run our lives. And this is the normal response for our human nature. This is the response that Satan likes to see from us. It's even the response that false teachers try to lead us to believe that is from God. We see many people calling for such a response from Christians today. You know, when we see a situation that we don't like. But verse 2 shows us that violence is not the answer. Humans have been trying this route for thousands of years. Wars and rebellions for thousands of years, and yet there's no peace. There's still injustice. There's still evil. There's still pain in this world. But somehow, in our humanity, we think this time is going to be different. World War I was called the war to end all wars. Unfortunately, less than 25 years later, World War II began and became the deadliest war in history. So we see there, violence is not the answer to strife. Here we're also reminded that um, the ways of the world were not a solution. Many will try to convince you otherwise. Many will tell you to focus on yourself. You need to join the fight for the earthly kingdom. Many will try to attach God to the earthly cause. But God is not a friend of the world. And if we are to be victorious, we need to be a friend of God. And verse 6 is, is a, a verse that really jumped out to me as well. What is the impact of pride on our life? The danger of harboring pride in our hearts. I think this is one of the areas that we as Christians can tend to overlook and not realize the seriousness of what this can do to our impact, what this can do to impact our relationship with Christ. You know, pride is listed as one of the seven sins that God hates. So we need to take this very seriously to humble ourselves before God. Verse 6 tells us that God will resist those who are proud. How can we draw nigh to God if He is resisting us? How can we receive cleansing if He's resisting us? And how can we be filled with His love if He is resisting us? So that's maybe painting kind of a dark, gloomy picture of what our world is like. But I would like to move on to what then is the answer? What is the answer to this? And as, as James 4 here tells us, it's humility and submission. And I want to look at First Peter then as well, but one thing I've noticed as I looked at this topic of you know, resisting the devil and resisting evil is that humility and submission are a key component of that. You know, in, in humility, we, we acknowledge the true condition of our hearts. Verse 9, we see the need to mourn and weep for the condition of our heart as we recognize the sinfulness of our heart and submit ourselves to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. He will cleanse us from wickedness and our carnal nature and He will grant us grace and forgiveness. Verse 10 calls us to humility. You know, as we humble ourselves before God, we recognize it is Him who has the power to direct our lives. He has the hands that can lift us up. We cannot do it on our own strength. We need to submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. As we submit to the Lord... His power can work in us and give us victory over the lusts of the world. I'd like to turn this quick to 1 Peter 5, 6 through 10. I'll just read this quick. It says, Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. 
Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Whom resist steadfast in the steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same affliction are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after these suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. So here we see um, Peter again calling us to steadfastly resist the devil. We need to be grounded in faith, and again he mentions humility and submission, and I think that's a key to, to rebelling against the power of the devil in our lives. And also he, just a few things to note, he says, be sober, be vigilant, um, we need to be on our guard. Uh, here he paints the devil, a picture of the devil as a roaring lion, you know, sometimes he'll come as an angel of light, and for some people that works, other people it doesn't work, so he comes as a roaring lion. So there's no end to the tricks that he will use on us. So another point I want to look at is preparation. And as we turn back to Galatians 6, in verse 11, he talks about, he says, Put on the whole armor of God, that ye may withstand the wiles of the devil. So there's also preparation. We need to be properly prepared for this struggle, for this rebellion against Satan. You know, it paints a picture of a soldier preparing for a battle. A soldier who walks into battle unprepared or with the wrong gear will very quickly be defeated. Just for an example, the training program for elite soldiers um, in the U.S. Navy called BUDS is so rigorous that only 1% of sailors who enter finishing it. Training before first deployment can take up to 30 months. These soldiers take training very seriously, but when they're done, they're very efficient and very lethal. And if, if soldiers in uh, earthly kingdom can be this prepared for their battle, how much more can we be prepared for our spiritual battle? We're fighting a fight that's a lot more at stake, a lot more important. So I think it's very key that we be prepared. And I know this is an area that... I have definitely have a lot of room to grow in, is to be properly prepared for the battle against the devil. <clears throat> we need to use and exercise in the tools that God have, has given us. And here, there's a few listed. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, just list them here. But first, we have the belt of truth. You know, we need to have truth, breastplate of righteousness, our feet shod with the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and also the sword of the spirit. And I think, um, I think this really goes with, with what we're looking at today is the Word of God. You know, we need to be proficient in the use of the Word of God if we are to defeat Satan and false prophets. We need to be constantly immersed in it. We need to be learning. We need to um, allow God to bring clarity to our lives. And it cuts away the deception that Satan tries to bring our way. You know, when we start to look to other sources for truth, Satan can quickly lead us astray. I also want to look at where does our strength come from. And in verse 10, it talks about that. Where do we draw our strength from? It comes from the Lord. You know, we need to be strong. We need to be fit for, for this battle against Satan. You know, The previous part of Ephesians lays out a lot of practical ways that we live in our daily lives. 
as a child of God. And it's not an easy task. It can look um, overwhelming to us. But as we draw strength and grace from God, we can be victorious. You know, don't try this on your own power. If you do, it will fail. We do not have the power in ourselves to face this struggle. So just a few thoughts um, as we wrap this up. I would like to, a few thoughts that I would like for you to consider. You know, as, as, I, as I look through this about re- resistance and, you know, if you want to use the word rebellion, it's, the thing that I notice is it calls us to resist our own flesh, our own lusts, our own desires, things that lead us away from God. We need to uh, rebel against the devil. We need to daily come before God and ask him for strength to crucify our own flesh. We need to remove the beams from our own eyes so we can see clearly to root out the hardness of our heart. We're called to resist the evil schemes of the devil. You know, on our own we will fail on this, but through Jesus Christ we can be victorious. You know, when it comes to relating to our fellow men, I see over and over again, Scripture tells us, He calls us to humility, submission, and love. That's what, how we are to relate to our fellow man. You know, as one thing that has really um, touched my heart over the past few years is that, you know, when we come to the judgment seat of Christ and we come to the end of our life, the standard that God judges, it judges us by is how we loved others. How did we mirror the love of Jesus to our fellow man? So when in doubt, love. I don't think we'll have to worry at the end of our life that we loved our fellow man too much. This is something I've definitely failed at, and I'm thankful for people here at Crystal Valley who model that and are an example to me in that area. You know, even when other people make it difficult, even those we are called to bless... And that's how we become the children of God. That's how we resist the evil that the devil tries to um, send to this world. Now, these are the moments when we see the difference between a child of God and a child of this world and someone who just pays lip service to Christ. This morning we talked about fruits, and that's one of those fruits. So do I think we can... Have a righteous rebellion? I think we can. We can rebel against the hate, the evil, the wickedness that Satan tries to bring into our lives. So I guess that this morning I ask you the question, do you want to be a righteous rebel? If you do, be kind in an unkind world. Be loving in an unloving world. Be caring in an uncaring world. Be cheerful in an uncheerful world. Be light in a dark world. And do this in a heart of humility, submission, and love. And God will bless you richly. Let's kneel for prayer. Dear Father in heaven, we bow before you this morning. We come to you in the name of your son, Jesus. We thank you for the power of your word, the power of your love. And I just pray that you would help us to be strong against the walls of the devil. Help us to be strong in your love and compassion and to show your love to a hurting and needy world. We just pray you bless each one as they go from here. Bless them with a good week and help them to serve you faithfully. pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.